Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. We've been speaking on uh, I Declare War. And the word I declare war, that there are certain things that we are fighting for, that there are things that we want in our lives that you have to fight for. They don't just come naturally. Things aren't just given to us at times. You have to fight for certain things to take place in your life. And we started off the first in the series was fighting for our thoughts. Everything that we become is first starts as a thought in our mind. And then from there we talked about beginning to fight for the things that we say, fighting over our mouth, declaring the things we speak because your words become attitudes, they become atmospheres, and they become environments that would surround ourselves. And today we're going to talk about fighting for what I do, the things that you do. You need to understand that you are a product today of your actions yesterday. Say it again, Pastor. You are right now the sum total of your decisions from yesterday. You can't blame anyone for where you are at physically, financially, spiritually, educationally, because where you're at right now is the result of your decisions yesterday. If you want to get to a different place, you got to do different things. Judges chapter 16, verse 6, or chapter 6, verse 16 says this. This is God speaking to, to, to Gideon. I will be with you and you will strike down some of the Midianites. How many? All. That means any enemy that is coming against you, God is saying that you will take down, destroy all enemies that come. Somebody give a God a shout of praise right now. Got to grab a hold of this. Leaving none alive. And in James chapter 1, verse 22, 23 says, Don't fool yourselves into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Let me say that last part again. Act on what you hear. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. As you're seated, turn to your neighbor and tell him, do the word. Don't just listen to the word, do the word. You see, I want you to recognize our intent, our actions, not our intentions, are what matter most. Say it again, Pastor. Your actions, not your intentions, matter most. Why? Because it is impossible for someone, for someone else, to judge your intentions. I can't judge your intentions. All I can do is judge your actions. I can't judge what you intended to say. I can only judge what you said. I can't judge what you intended to do. I can only judge what you did. And so no one can go into your mind and and read what you intended to do. We can only judge you based on the things that you've actually done. When the angel of God shows up to Gideon, he tells Gideon this, you will strike down all the Midianites. In other words, there's something, Gideon, I want you to do. I'm not just going to have you think a certain way or say a certain thing. You were created to do something. Someone say do something. See, I want you to recognize something, that, that after the angel says, this is what you're going to do, Gideon, Gideon responds with this in verse 13. If the Lord is with us, then why? 
Have you ever asked that? If God is with me, then why are my finances jacked up? Why is my mind jacked up? Why am I experiencing depression? Why is my marriage struggling? Why why is my body sick? Have you ever wondered that if God is with me, why am I going through all this crap? It's a good question. And when the angel shows up to him, he says, listen, you're going to set the children of Israel free. Gideon's like, well, if God's with us, then why are we going through all of this? If God's with me, why am I struggling the way I am? Everyone, everyone just shout, why? why? If you've ever wondered why, shout, why? why? Gideon's question of why was simply this. The question, he was the answer to the question of why. Why are you going through so much crap? Look in the mirror. I I was just thinking that. I didn't realize I actually said that. Because most of the problems we experience in life are not someone else's fault. Got quiet in here, Prue. We're just laughing. Everyone's shouting, why, a couple minutes ago. Why, God? Because of you. See, God had, Gideon had been born to lead the people to freedom. Follow me on this. The reason God brought him into this world, every one of you is a key that unlocks a certain lock. This morning, we had a, a gentleman drive the, the trailer in because the guy that normally pulls the trailer is gone. And so he pulls the trailer in this morning, gets here on time. They're ready to unload, but they don't have the key to unlock the trailer. Because the person that had the key is not here this morning. You see, every one of you is a key that unlocks a certain lock in life. God created you to unlock a certain thing. He created you to solve a certain problem. When when that key doesn't show up, guess what? We don't have access to certain things. They had to cut the lock off this morning. Thankfully, the janitor had a bolt cutter to cut the bolt off of it in order for us to have service this morning. What am I telling you? Is that when you don't show up and do what God created you to do, there are things that people are locked out of and they don't have access to. The reason the children of Israel were in bondage, because Gideon didn't step up. If the Lord is with us, then why? I see our failure to do, everyone say do. do. What God created us to do will keep others in bondage as well. See, me, do, me walking in my purpose isn't just about me. It's about you. Imagine if I didn't walk in the purpose God had called me to. Imagine if I would have been more comfortable working in the business sector. Imagine if I would have found a nine-to-five job. If I would have done that, I never would have had the opportunity to affect or speak or decree or to release into your life or into the lives of thousands of people around. Why? Because when you walk in your purpose, you literally unlock other people to their destinies as well. You got to walk in your purpose because there's other people depending on you. Oh, come on. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Everyone shout, do. 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 
There is something that we have to do. James chapter 1, verse 20 says, Be doers of the word, not hearers only. Don't deceive yourselves. So I want one, three things I want to give you real quick, okay? Number one, this is going to lay the foundation for the close. Number one, you are the sum of your actions, not your intentions. Okay? You are the sum of your actions, not your intentions. Who we are today is a result of the choices that we made yesterday. Where you are physically, relationally, financially, spiritually, educationally are due to your decisions, not your intentions. See, I intended to have a doctorate degree by this time. But my decisions, and my dad always reminded me of that, my decisions not to go back to school, and go straight into ministry, ended up derailing that. No one else's fault but mine. I ended up getting an honorary doctorate degree in leadership, but not the way I wanted it. I wanted to earn it through going to school, not just be given it. Now, I need you to understand something. That where we are, every one of us, how, how many of you know that we live in an automated society? Right? Let me explain that, that if you are hungry, you could just go on your phone, press a couple buttons, and by the magic, in about a half hour to 40 minutes, someone's going to show up at your door with whatever it was that you wanted from that restaurant, through DoorDash or Grubhub, or you have this... Uh, I, did, you know these little buttons that, that Amazon has? You put them next to your, your, your washing machine. It has Tide written on it. Or you could put it next to your Keurig that has a coffee symbol on it. And whenever you run out of Tide, you press that little button that has the Tide emblem on it. And it sends this digital signal to Amazon. Amazon will send you that product immediately. You don't even have to log on to your computer. If you want, press that little button next to your coffee machine. It will send you more K-cups and you'll have enough coffee. But you don't even have to get up. We are so lazy. We don't even want to get on and order something. Boop. Boop. We don't, <laughs> automation isn't just around us, it's in us as well. Because we operate according to autopilot as well. We operate according to something called habits. And your mind shuts off when you have a certain habit, your mind, in order to conserve energy and brain power, uses habits to get you through the day. Now, whether those habits are good or bad, it's up to you. But over 45% of our mind operates according to habits. Have you ever been driving home from work and you were just so overwhelmed with thoughts going on in your mind, you had a tough day or the family's going, and you're thinking about all these other issues, and then you pull into the driveway at home and you're like, how did I get home? Yeah. I don't even remember the drive home. I don't, it's because you're on autopilot. Yeah. Your, your body knows how to get to certain places and you can do things half dead half the time. You, you just shut off, and that's why you walk in the house, and your wife starts talking, and you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You don't remember a thing she said. You're on autopilot. When, when, when 
45% of the things that we think about when it comes to these areas, health, relationships, finances, spirituality, 45% of the effort comes from, is we, there's things in our, of our behaviors, 45% of our behaviors happen just through autopilot. Your health, what you eat, don't even think about. That's why dieting is so hard, because it takes effort, whereas driving through the drive through at In-N-Out is so easy. It's automated. How did I get here? <laughs> How did the double-double end up in my mouth? I don't, I just, just don't. I don't know how it happened. Relationships. That's why whenever someone speaks to you a certain way, you are automated in your responses. And so many times we say things. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Finances. The way we spend. We have a hard time getting out of debt because really it's simple. Losing weight and finances are really simple things. It's it's math. Spend less then you make. You'll be financially free. Burn more calories than you eat. You'll be fine. Thank you. You are all set free. Someone shout freedom. freedom. You're, you're free right now. Now the problem is, is that there's 45% in our minds that's automated and as soon as we walk out of here, you know you're set free, but you're going to go back to your 45% habit autopilot and you're after you wake up from your food coma at red robin you're going to realize i got to make better choices <laughs> the brain has what we call chunking and we put certain things together where certain attitudes certain brain activity where we don't even have to think about it you don't think about taking a shower you do the same thing every morning the same way you get up you roll out of bed you pray you for those of you that pray you brush your teeth you you take a shower all those things you do in chunking you don't even think about it you you have an automated way of doing things so if you're going to change that it takes effort if you're going to change any of those things you have to put 45 percent more effort just to get to ground zero in those areas to make a change that's why it's so hard to work out to diet to pray to treat your spouse or your family better because you have to make an effort your mind can't just autopilot that but the good news is is once you accomplish it it takes 45% less effort to keep it. Are you following me? That's why it's so important to do. Everyone say do. Your actions. Number two, our actions, not our intention, determine our destination. Now, we are what we are based on what we've done, but we're going to get to, the first one talks about where I'm at right now. The second point talks about where I'm going. So, Our actions, not our intentions, determine our destination. Let me put it to you this way. Andy Stanley puts it this way. Direction or decision, now direction, not intention, determines our destination. Okay? If you're going to Seattle, trying to get to Seattle, you jump on I-5, and you're going south. Where are you going? Mexico. <laughs> you're heading to L.A., San Diego. You're, you're going south. 
But you're, you, you want to go to Pike's Market. You want to go to the Space Needle. Now, your intention is Seattle. But your direction is pointing L.A. I don't care what your intentions are. Until you change your direction. I said, until you change your direction. When Jesus came, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That word repent means to change direction to 180, not 360. 360, you'd be going in the same direction. 180, to turn around, to go the opposite direction. If you're going to make a change, it's your direction, not your intention. See, the children of Israel never intended to be in bondage. Listen, you never intended to be addicted. You never intended for your marriage to end. You never intended to be in debt. You never intended to be, to, to be overwhelmed by problems. You never intended for your marriage to struggle. But intentions, your, your directions, not your intentions, determine your destination. It's impossible to separate your actions from your experiences. Let, let me break this down. You want a better experience tomorrow? Make better choices today. Man, I, I hate my life. Hate my life. I'm just going, oh, I'm always struggling. Why am I always going through this battle? Because you keep doing the same thing. What, what's, what did they say the definition of insanity was? To do the same thing over and over again and experience, expect different results. Some of y'all are crazy. <laughs> no, no, you're crazy. You're certifiable because you keep doing the same thing in your marriage, expecting your marriage to change, expecting the, you're doing the same thing with your family, with your spiritual life, with your health. you got to make some changes. The children of Israel never expected to be or intended to be in bondage, but their disobedience led them to bondage. See, they had no one else to blame but themselves. Where you're at right now, let me just give you an awakening, a little, a little light turn-on moment. Where you're at right now is where you've chosen to be. Come on. No, no, no. Uh-uh, Pastor. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You don't know my husband. You don't know my kids. You don't know my boss. You might not be responsible for how you got there, but you are responsible if you stay there. You see, your, your intentions can be deceiving. How many have heard this? I intended to work out. <laughs> While you're sitting there with a tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I meant to pay the bill. Why do they turn off my lights? I meant to spend time with my kids or with my wife. I meant to start the business. The teacher, I meant to do the report. I, I, I was going to start it, got the books. I meant to do the report. I meant to, I meant to say I was sorry. Babe, I really meant to say I was sorry. I meant to be faithful. When I said I do, I really meant I do. But I meant to be faithful. I meant to be on time. You see, intentions aren't enough. The, th this is where a lot of things get, get twisted, okay? Scripture was never meant for us to memorize. It was meant for us to demonstrate. 
How many people do you know that can memorize scripture, but their lives are all jacked up? I had an uncle who was, when he was drunk, would preach to people at the bar. He would tell people, you don't belong here, man. You, you're better than this. Jesus can turn your life around. He had the ability to quote scripture, but quoting scripture isn't living scripture. If I tell my daughter before I leave to work, I say, listen, when I get home, I want the room cleaned. I want you to clean your bathroom, and I want you to vacuum the hallway. When I get home, and she says, Dad, I remembered everything you told me to do. To clean my bedroom, to vacuum the hallway, and to clean the bathroom. I remember it, but the hallway's not vacuumed. The bathrooms are still messy, and her room looks like a volcano erupted in it. Do you think I'm happy? Why not? Huh? I didn't ask her to memorize what I said. In, in the church, we take so much, and not, nothing against Paragon or Masters, because I, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of learning Scripture. But it's not about memorizing Scripture. It's about living and doing the Scripture. It's about, well, come on, you can do better than that. It's about walking it out. God doesn't take joy that you just memorize what he said. He wants you to do what he said. Don't just tell me what I, I don't need tape recorders. I know what I said. What I want you to do is take what I said and live it. Knowing what God said isn't as important as doing what God said. Number three, everyone say number three. Willpower is not enough to change your actions. You can't willpower your way through breakthrough. It just takes too much effort, and it only lasts for a little while. Let me take you somewhere as we, we close this morning. In fact, the worship team can help me this morning. I want you to see Gideon needed help, but only God could provide the help that Gideon needed. Gideon couldn't do this on willpower. He needed God power to make this happen. And so he needed proof that God was with him. Many of you know that there's a call on your life. In fact, I want to prophesy over some of you right now that literally that there is potential and power that is in you that is yet to be tapped and released over your life. That God has created you to be that key to unlock some blessing. And the very thing that you struggle with is the very thing that God wants to use to unlock some things in other people's lives. That you are the key, that you are the solution to your family. When you unlock it, it's going to unlock it for the people around you as well. And Gideon right now is, I just need to know, God, that you're with me. I just need to know that if I'm going to take this step out and try to set my people free, that I need to know, God, that you are with me. So the first thing Gideon does is this. Look at verse 17. Verse 17 says, not 16, 17, but 6, 17 if you are truly going to be with me, show me a sign to prove that the Lord is speaking to me. In other words, God, I just want to make sure I'm not going crazy. How many of you know that we all hear voices sometimes? And not, not, we just want to, God, I just need to know. Even if an angel showed up right in front of you, I just need to know, God, it's you. There's an angel in front of him. God, I just need proof it's you. <laughs> 
how hard-headed can we be sometimes? But we just, we just want to know, God, is that you? If it's really you, have my neighbor sneeze four times, scratch the back of their neck, and then do two flips. Don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you. Notice what Gideon does. He brings an offering. Follow me on this. That word offering means gift, sacrifice, tribute, or investment. He invests into what God's about to do into his life. He, he's intent on pleasing God. It's going to cost him something. You see, I want to know, are you willing to sacrifice in order to be free? Are you willing to invest in order for you to be free? Are you willing to go the extra mile to cost you something in order to be free? We want to be set free. We want a great marriage, but we don't want to invest and say, I'm sorry to your wife or to your husband when you blow it. You want, you want to be free financially, but you don't want to learn about how money works and how to invest or how to take care of those things. You've got to be willing to invest. You've got to be willing to sacrifice. You want to change in your life. Are you willing to sacrifice to be set free? Number two. Gideon then does this. He built an altar. Check this out. This is so cool. Verse 24. Gideon built an altar to the Lord and named it Yahweh Shalom, which meant the Lord is peace. That word built means to build, to establish. Uh, it didn't happen by accident. He literally built this altar. Every choice you make is a brick to the foundation of the altar of your life. And the altar is a place where things went to die. It's a place where things went to be sacrificed. It was a place that you went to meet God. I want to know right now, listen very carefully. Zone in real quick. What are you building right now? What are you building? With the choices and decisions you're making right now, what are you building? Because whatever you're building better be able to raise you up when you're sick, breathe life into you when you're on the verge of death, be able to heal your body, heal your marriage, restore your family. Because I guarantee you this, that 401k is not going to restore your family. I guarantee you this, that bank account's not going to raise your marriage. You better make sure that whatever you're building will find you when you're lost, will raise you up when you're down, will build you up, will bring heaven down when you're going through hell. You better believe that whatever you build, what does he build? He builds an altar unto God. That word altar is a place of sacrifice, of death. It's an essential place. And let me ask you this as we close this morning. What needs to die in your life in order for you to draw closer to God? What needs to die? What needs to die in order for God to take control? One of the young men from the church by the name of Mario Bayona, he always says this, live your commitments, not your emotions. I love that statement. Live your commitments, not your emotions. You got to commit to something. Now, we make promises to everyone else but ourselves. When's the last time you kept a promise to yourself? When's the last time you kept a promise to yourself where you walked those things out? Andy Stanley said, in, in light of my past experiences and my future hopes and dreams, what's the wisest thing to do? I want you to see this as we close. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 
Read this out loud with me. Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited into us by his divine power. Come on, read that again. Read it out loud. Go. Every one of us is Gideon right now. Go and you will defeat all the Midianites in your life. And instead of saying, okay, God, we say, then where are you? Where are the promises of God? 1 Peter 1.3 Everything you could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited into you by his divine power. It's in you. Come on, church. Listen, if God promised me health or biceps, where are my biceps? They're at the gym. If God promised me money, where's my money? It's in investments. Oh, you ain't hearing me. You, you want to get spiritual. You want to get, get just touched and get spun around somehow. You want the, you want the whole, uh, you know, beauty and the beast kind of experience where there's no investment on your part, but it's all magic. God works through principle, not just through miracle. And I need you to understand, where's, where's the promise that my love, my, my marriage is put back together? It's found when you put love in the marriage. Where's my degree? It's found in the assignments that you complete. Where is my ministry? It's found in the problem that you solve. Where's my victory? It's found in the battle that you fight. I need you to understand everything you need, everything you prayed for, everything you're believing for is right where you need it. You just got to stand up and take it. You got to rise up and take it. It's yours. All you got to do is take it. Come on, stand to your feet this morning. Everyone say this with me. It's there. But I must work it. It's there. For I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I was reading in my journaling this morning. It's not going to be on the screen because this is... uh, See if I can pull it up real quick. This just hit my my spirit so big this morning. Hebrews chapter 4. It's not going to be up there. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9. I'm reading out of the message, uh, the, um, the passion version. It says this. So we conclude that there is still a full and complete rest. Everyone say rest. Waiting for believers to experience as we enter into, God, into God's faith rest life. We cease from our own works. Just as God celebrated his finished works and rested in them, so then we must give our all and be eager to experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by the same patterns of doubt and unbelief. What's it saying? He says that we need to just rest in God's faith rest. Let me explain it to you this way. I don't do so I can complete it. I do because it's already been completed. Amen. Amen. Say that again. 
I'm not fighting. That's why we say we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. I'm not doing so I can complete what God started in my life. I'm doing because God's already completed it in my life. That, that places me in a position of power and rest and faith. That God's got this. Oh, can I speak that to your life right now? Come on, lift your hands all over this place. God's got this. You keep doing. You're wondering, where are the results? God's already got this. You're trying to exercise faith. I want you to exercise faith rest. The word says faith rest. Knowing that God's already completed it. I speak it over your marriage. It's faith rest. God's already worked on your husband. You keep panicking and wondering, God, when? God says, I got this. It's done. You've been praying over your finances. God says, I got this. It's done. Do the work because it's already completed. I've already completed it. You're talking about your walk with God. You've been battling, trying to get to the next level, trying to do the right thing. God just says, it's already done. I've given you everything you need. Just walk in it. You can do all things. Someone say all things. Through Christ Jesus, which strengthens you. All things. There's not a thing that you cannot do. There's not a thing you cannot overcome. Come on, church. I just release this over you right now. I just decree this over you right now. We release it right now in Jesus' name. I'm going to be a doer of the word. I'm going to be a doer of the word right now. Come on, just decree it over your life. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.